0: This is Shifting Our Schools, episode 35, musically and social media today. Listen up, educators. Are you looking to take your classroom to the next level? The technological shift in education is happening right now. If you're looking to integrate technology into your classroom, you're in the right place. Welcome to Shifting Our Schools with your host, Jeff Udick. Welcome back to another Shifting Our Schools. Thanks to you, as always, for listening, downloading, taking up space on your phone, having us play in the background while you're correcting papers or going out for a run or wherever you listen to podcasts. Actually, we'd love to know where you listen to podcasts or where you listen to this podcast. And that's why we've set up a question place for you over at SOSpodcast.org slash questions. It's a flip grid. Uh, it's our way of kind of showing how you can use at least this one specific tool with kids. Great tool. Um, I've already deemed it the tool of the year for the seventeen eighteen school year. So easy to use. So many great ways to capture kids' voices in your classroom. And we want to share that with you and have you experience a tool uh, and leave a comment in a in a fun. Uh, kind of a fun way, different way than you would maybe on another podcast. So that's at uh, sospodcast.org questions. Feel free to head over leave us a question, a comment. Uh, maybe you will get on a podcast as well. Um, gosh, such a great episode today. I'm so excited. Probably my favorite conversation so far this year uh, for the 17-18 school year, uh, conversation with just Incredible, incredible people, um, and as we get ready to get into that, just a couple more things. Uh, this is a, a, a YouTube live that we down that I downloaded to put into a podcast because it's just the more people hear this, I think the better. It's a great conversation um, with students, parents, and um, and some of us as teachers uh, together, just having a conversation about social media, and it connects really great to our book. And if you haven't downloaded a copy of our book or bought a copy of our book, uh, it's your connected classroom practical guide for teachers. And it's all about how you connect your class outside of your classroom. And it so fits into today's conversation around social media. And specifically, we try and stay focused on the tool musically that is becoming so popular with fourth, fifth graders, and then into the middle school. Uh, And that's why we have a a 10 year old today that joins us. Also, you're going to hear in this conversation because it was part of our eduro learning uh, YouTube live event, which you can go to um, or go to YouTube and search for eduro learning, but you're going to, we're going to bring stuff up that is in our newsletters. And if you haven't subscribed to the eduro learning newsletter, it's a must. We give away free PDFs. Um, at least every other week, if not every week, depending on where we are during the school year. Uh, Things for parents, things for teachers, things for administrators. Uh, Just head over to edurolearning.com. If you scroll to the bottom, you can choose your free download and sign up for our uh, newsletter there as well. That's E-D-U-R-O, learning, all one word, dot .com. And then scroll to the bottom and you'll see three download links, a parent one, a teacher one, and an administrator one. And you can either sign up for all three or choose the one that best fits you. But really today is about this conversation. Um, we have... A special guest with us, and by special we are honored as part of Eduro Learning and our advisory board. We have Olivia, also known as Livebits on the internet, is one of our advisory board members, and she challenged us to play with the app Musically and to have a conversation about it. So, what you're going to hear is an almost hour conversation that is led by a ten year old who has more followers on Twitter than I do. I have twenty thousand followers on Twitter. And I think that's quite good. And she blows me out of the water. This kid is incredible. And you are in for a real treat today as we learn about and talk about how a 10-year-old and even her friends think about social media, think about the internet and the conversations she's trying to spur and the way that she's trying to pr- to move her message forward as well. So you're in for a treat with Olivia from live Bits. We'll have uh, all the things in the show notes for you, but I want to get you to the conversation. And so here we go. <music> Up air is now live. Woo! Yay. Yay! I love being live on the internet. I don't know what it is. There's something <laughs> cool about being live on the internet. It's just one of those things. Like, how crazy is this? All right. Well, welcome, everybody. We're uh, here uh, with um, some special guests to talk about an app that I barely know anything about other than my goddaughters love to use it, um, and that is Musical.ly. So we're going to have everybody introduce themselves real quick. Uh, we'll start, Chrissy, let's start with you, and then we'll go to Liv and Cynthia, and then, uh, Kim, you can wrap us up. So, Chrissy, how are you today other than jet-lagged from traveling like <laughs> 20 hours? Yes, or hi,
1: everyone. I'm in a different time zone,
0: in a different place um, tonight. Usually I'm coming to you from very sunny, very warm Australia, Perth, in fact. But uh, for tonight's
1: purposes, I'm coming to you from my very beige looking hotel room right here in Everett in the Washington District.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Hi, Liv and Cynthia. Thanks for joining us tonight. Where are you guys coming from us?
2: Durham, New Hampshire. I am Liv and I am a fifth grader.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: (laughs) All right, Kim, how about you?
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Kim. And as usual, I'm in Bangkok, Thailand, and I did my first Musical.ly last weekend with Pana. So I'm super excited. Now, now I get it way, way more. So I'm
0: pumped. (laughs) What what song did you decide to like do your Musical.ly to?
1: So number one thing I learned about Musical.ly is it's not all about songs. We didn't do Mm -hmm. a song. Mm -mm. That's what I I do. More about that as we go.
0: (laughs) All right. So, Liv, you're leading this. Where do you want to start? Like, why? What do you mean it's not all about music? I thought that was the whole thing. It's called Musical.ly.
1: Well,
2: my favorite category, personally, is comedy,
0: Because
2: is it's, it's another way for me to show my little work in, like, a really fun, silly way. Because when you just do songs, it's not really showing as much as you are. If you're doing something that kind of shows, like, a lot of laughter, that's why I like comedy the best. So it's not all about songs don't always have to listen to Lady Gaga. (laughs) Not always, huh? There goes the ice cream chuck over and over again. It's very, very fun.
0: (laughs) So why do kids like this so much? What is is the draw? Like you and your friends, like what's the whole draw to this thing?
2: I think that kids like it because it's the way for them to share themselves in a different way from them typing it. It's for them to show how they're feeling themselves. Like they can create it. They can make them they can talk themselves, they can make up a joke, they can show what they're saying without having to type it in a tweet with it showing a picture. You can actually make a video and you can say it. That's why I like it, because it reminds me of what I do, which is live it. Oh. Where I tell my story through a video. And I think that's really cool, and that's why kids like it so much so they don't have to type everything. And it's also is, just really, 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 really creative and fun. <laughs>
0: is there a way to make it is there a way to make it public or this just private between you and friends?
2: Well you can't you can choose same thing as Twitter and Instagram, you can choose to have it private. Like but you'll basically like you post yours, just same thing. Post it, people can see it, you can get likes. You can you can't get retweeted though. That's the downside.
0: That's the downside
2: but, account okay. but because I wanna see I'm the best at it.
3: <laughs> I do want the comment. That's true. It's the only social media account that Liv has that's actually private. Okay. So although her Twitter is public and her Instagram is public, her Musical.ly is private, and part of that is shocker. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: I think that maybe once I get a couple more good videos without like because you have to really get used to Musical.ly because a lot of the time like it's really, really, especially for adults, sorry, but it's also (laughs) It's it's also really hard to get one that you like because it, it takes a long time to figure out a music that I actually feel like I could post.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Because a lot of the time I see music I'm like, nope, that's not good. Nope, I might I blinked. No, nope, no. Nope. So there's
3: a lot more thought yeah. that goes into a lot more I music,
2: mean, a-, a lot more creativity. It takes a lot more work than it to just click the post button.
0: Do you mind doing all that work like does it feel like work to you or is it just it's just part
3: of going through that creative process and you don't mind putting the work in?
2: I think that I don't mind putting the work in but I also think that some other times said kids might because it also because sometimes like like me it like I don't really care I don't care what other people think about it but sometimes also like other kids can feel really really self-conscious about what people are going to think about it how they think that they're doing it how they think that they're holding it how they think that they're like doing the like the right amount I just think it's really important to not really care it's
3: part of the reason why Kim you and Tana only got a 6 out of 10 on your first music play. did you notice that she rated you? <laughs> I loved that I thought that was awesome <laughs> But it was because it's great for easily. It was because you were a little off on your timing.
1: Oh yeah, of course we were. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're sense. supposed to say that was
3: deliberate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. That was better than my mom would. Have
0: done. Oh <laughs> wow! Now we've got a musically I'm challenge. Actually quite, I like this.
2: She does. She does got that that really good.
0: Yeah. So Cynthia, I mean, with, I mean, you probably have the most experience with live being in musically and such. Is there any potential for this use in the classroom? Or do you see any ways that this is uh, engaging in a classroom manner? And, and what should teachers, I guess, what should teachers know? Because more and more teachers, especially fourth and fifth grade teachers, um, we're hearing that this is becoming the thing. And just do you see any, like, what what, what are you seeing with this app?
3: So I want to back up a minute. So last year, Liv did a, a little um, a speech in Ohio. And when she was there, I think every single kid, um, third, fourth, and fifth grader asked Liv, do you have a Musical.ly? Do you have a Musical.ly? And at that time, she did not. Mm. So after that speech um, that she did with that school, she then started to explore the app. And so what I notice in schools is just how um, how much of a draw it is for kids to be creative making those short videos. And so do I see a space in the classroom? Absolutely. I think teachers have to buy in to the idea that that is a creative process for kids and that using an app like Musical.ly allows them to show other parts of who they are as a learner. And also I just think who they are as a creator. Hmm. So it it would be really neat to see how teachers would use this. Um, but I think it would take some professional development for teachers (laughs) to feel comfortable using the app because I'm not sure you could just say, go have at it and, you know, let kids use musically. And, and I don't think teachers would necessarily see the value, but I do think if you did some professional development work with teachers and showed them how fun it is, that how much they can do with the app, like just your first comment that, Oh, it's not just about music. Yeah. To me, I Mm. see musically as a collaboration app. And Mm. so Um, with that, I think it has definitely has a place in
0: school. What are some, like, if I'm a teacher and you've got me like, okay, I know my kids are into this. I've, you know, I hear the banter in the classroom is, I mean, and I just don't know enough about it yet is would the workflow be that a teacher should set up an account and have their students friend them? Should they set up a class account? Like what would be your recommendation if you were just a teacher thinking that you might want to get started in this, like what would be your first step? Do you yes. think if you were going to kind of use this in the classroom?
3: I think first steps are that you have to have a group of teachers that want to do it. I don't think that mm-hmm. you should be exploring the app on your own. I think that the whole purpose of the app is that you're supposed to be collaborative. So to me, it's you get a group of your colleagues together. You explore the app together on your own private account. And then once you've sort of figured out some of the the um, ins and outs of it and some of the ways you begin thinking about how much literacy work there is in this app um, and how much creativity there is in the app, that then you set up a class account and then teach, actually teach, do a focus lesson and teach kids um, how it is to post responsibly, what it means to create, what it means to tell a story, because that's part of what Musical.ly does is it tells a story. So I think that it would be really neat if teachers did that collaboratively, but I don't, I wouldn't recommend that it's just me on my own. I think you get more out of it if you're
1: actually doing it with a group. And I want to come back to your idea about the literacy too, because when Liv started talking about why she likes it at the beginning, that's what really struck me when I, I mean, I've only done one, so I'm in no way an expert. I can't really speak with any authority. (laughs) Right. (laughs) but I could definitely see, like, there are a lot of skills involved in doing this. And as I say about all social media tools or many social media tools, there are a lot of the skills that we want to teach students, but they can do them in a way that's fun and creative and unique. And in a way that maybe taps more into the modes of communication that are current in our world today. And I heard Liv say a bunch of times that musically allows her to express herself through video instead of through writing. And I think as teachers, we've grown up in an era when writing is really one of the only ways, you know, it's the most like important way to express yourself, most common way to express Mm -hmm. yourself. And this idea of communicating an idea through video takes so many more skills because it includes all those literacy skills that you have to use to write. So I'm just wondering, I don't even know if you can articulate this, Liv, if this is too big of a question, but what are some of those skills that you're learning by communicating not only your idea in this video format, but also your creativity and your unique personality, which are two other things I think that you brought up in your kind of initial statement.
2: I think I- when I think about my, I would like change perspective and think about someone who would want to be watching it. Mm. They might be fit. I would think about what they would think about it. When I watch it, what do I think about it? What would someone else think about it? And then I think, I'm saying think a lot today. And then, <laughs> okay. And I think about it, like what, what would they want? What would they hope that I would do better? And then I change that. So then I like keep on doing that until I think that there's really nothing that they can give me that, is too like, you look really bad, but it's more like the feedback, not more of the being mean about it. Mm. So usually just think about yourself from a different perspective. And that makes it a whole lot easier.
1: Mm, that's a really interesting way to look at it. So for a lot of the work that you're doing, you're thinking about the feedback that you might get from your real audience of real people who watch your video that helps you make your videos better.
0: Yes.
3: So I want to say, I think one of the reasons why Liv immediately jumps in her brain to the feedback and to the audience piece is because that's a lot about what we talk about when we do her work with videos with Liv Bits. Mm -hmm. So it's part of the reason why when you mentioned Kim that her personality comes out. I think she's always mindful and maybe this is much more explicit when you're using these forms that are relevant to kids today like video, it's much more relevant to them about that feedback cycle because they're Mm -hmm. posting with a purpose. It's not just handing in a paper or doing a Google doc. It's that you're, you're posting with a purpose and the purpose is that you want to get some sort of attention or likes. And so I think that inherently changes some of the ways that kids think when they create. And I think that's a really powerful things for this, a powerful um, uh, stance for teachers to begin to think about in their own teaching is how do I deliberately and explicitly teach audience to kids? Absolutely. Um, And how can I make that a part of what's really important and powerful for connected learners? Because that's what being connected brings you. It brings you an audience.
1: And I think ultimately all the work we do in our lives has an audience. Like as a teacher, my audience is my students or the other teachers that I work with. As an author, my audience are the people who read my books. As a, an employee at a company, my audience are my colleagues. Like, they're, I think social media gets a bad rap because it's all about likes. And I, I understand where that point of view comes from. I totally get that. But at the same time, there are two pieces of that audience that I think is really important. One is that that's what life is about. We're very rarely doing things that are totally internal and never have any external communication or clarification at all. And then secondly, that idea that we can shift our perspective and be able to see things from somebody else's point of view. I mean, that's a really powerful skill to have all day long. We're communicating. We need to think about how other people are perceiving the communications that we're sharing. You know what I mean? Like that's that's important. And for someone living in another country, a foreign country, that's something I literally think about every day. How can I say this so that the person who may not be from my cultural background will understand not only what I mean, but the intent with which I mean it, which are two very different things.
3: I would argue that actually it's a deeper kind of thinking because it's more critical. And so when you're, when so much about American Um, education right now is about developing critical thinkers and probably globally that's true too but i think right now we're so hammered in the united states with testing um and this idea of being critical that without having venues like like what live has a social media platform i'm not sure you really do develop deep critical thinking skills without it because it's an audience outside of just your classroom or outside of just your teacher Hmm.
0: I don't like <laughs> <laughs> None of us do. <laughs> Liv, talk so a little awesome bit about Go ahead. I was just gonna say Liv, talk a little bit about um, like how do you use it mostly with your friends? Because I know there's even like there's chat features and, and why like why do I need another app? Like I've already got Twitter, I've already got Instagram. I've already got Facebook. I already got everything else. Why do I need Musical.ly? Or what, what draws you and your friends to this app specifically?
2: What I was thinking more of is, so, like as I said before, it's a way for me to share it with video, but also it's more of like a kid and adult kind of audience. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. on Twitter and Instagram, it's like on Instagram, it's mostly teens and adults. mostly only adults and mm-hmm. celebrities. But on Instagram, but on musically it's like i can find all these like younger kids like me who are actually doing it that i can connect with instead of me always having to connect with adults mm-hmm. and i think that's really powerful for us to have a chance to connect with kids do you Not
0: spend adults. any do you spend any time like just as you're trying to learn musically like you were even saying like you know, you you watch it back and you're like, "Oh, I blinked or I didn't say that right." Do you spend time watching other kids and learning from like, "Ooh, I like the way that kid did that or I want to try to do that next time?" How much of that kind of learning do you do from others?
2: I mostly do about maybe about 80% of my work doing that. Oh wow. Mostly just watching them like watching a puppy walk on its hind
3: legs. <laughs> I'm obsessed with puppies on musically. That the truth should come out.
2: But also I just think it's a really good way to
3: I can give myself
2: feedback by thinking, Hey, they did that, like I did the same thing. Maybe I want to try to work a bit more on that. I'm so like, I can get better at it. I can watch them, I can give myself feedback, and I can get better at it because I can learn from them.
3: I would actually argue that that in musically there's more opportunities for kids to actually mentor each other. Like Maybe not even that it's deliberate, right? But that I think Liz studies um, musically videos way more than she studies like an Instagram photo or an Instagram video. So it's a very interesting process to kind of watch as a parent that th- that those social media platforms can have such different purposes for Liz, a learner. And I would I would definitely say that she studies on musically, and I that maybe that doesn't count for anything in a real school environment. But to me, it's pretty powerful to watch the way she's discriminating certain movements or certain, you know, looking at you and Panna's video and saying, okay, we're off on the timing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and really like legitimately studying that I think there's, it's like an art form, right? I mean, Mm. it's a really powerful, I mean, think about the way somebody puts together a movie. It really is sort of like incrementally looking at snapshots of something. And when you put that all together, it's just really powerful. It's a really powerful text. It's a really powerful (laughs) narrative.
1: And And I think you raised a bunch of really interesting points there about that different tools can have different kind of key skills that you're learning when you're using them. And I think sometimes we get, uh, first of all, we get wrapped up in the idea initially that social media is not good and we should keep our students away from it. But then once we get into seeing like, okay, let's try it. It's very often, it's just one tool. We're going to try this one thing and see how that works. And I love this concept that all different tools can provide different opportunities for learning. And it means, first of all, what should we see that are the commonality between all these tools so that we can validate why that's important for educators to like take that leap and give it a try. And then also why it's important to differentiate this tool might be right for this skill and this tool might be right for that skill. And let's see, like you were mentioning earlier about getting that deep learning and really explicitly teaching how is this tool going to make me a better communicator or how is this tool going to make me a better collaborator? Because those are those key skills we want to keep getting at. So I love that idea of like, don't just stop with one, try to explore a variety and see what are those core underlying deep learning skills that you can get at based on the different tools like features that they have in, embedded in them.
3: I also want to say, I think one a really cool thing for teachers to consider is to honestly put in a room 20 kids on different social media apps and watch them. <laughs> because I feel like that's mm. such a powerful way for us to learn that kids really can lead this learning for us. Oh, yeah. teachers, and we have to be open to that. And so I think it's really powerful to watch the way I watch my college students use different apps and and to just watch the way they they um, engage them and, and watch the kinds of questions or um, when they give up on something in that app, like why is it that they gave up or why is it that they swiped left? You know, what is it? So I think that that's one of the things to really consider is like how are our power of observation too as teachers to watch these students and to engage them in conversation about how they use these apps. That can be a really powerful learning experience for us as well.
1: Absolutely. And that leads me to another question. Liv, you are so articulate and you have such a vision for what you want to achieve and you have built an audience and you've built a brand essentially for yourself, right? That is a very unique thing. Not every kid is like you. So just thinking about like the regular kid, the average kid, the kid who might not be having this really like future driven purpose oriented kind of life about the way that you do things. How does this work for them? Like, is it just, are they just seeing it like as fun or like, what do you think the difference is between you and what I'll call like the average kid?
2: What happened was, is I used to be that average kid with just a bit less confidence. I think that once kids kind of like are able to know that they have power, like they're able to know that they can go up to someone and like tell them to knock it off, which I didn't have. Until, like, finally, like, I had people to talk to. Like, I think when you have more people to connect with, you start to gain more confidence from them telling you more feedback and you giving back. And then mm-hmm. I think that once they grow that, they feel a bit stronger, and then they're able to share their voice like me. But I think the difference is that the average kid is sometimes a bit afraid to do things. Mm-hmm. But when you gather more confidence, like the uh, the Olympic kid, <laughs> then you get to have...
3: That you have more power to do it. Right? I mean, that's so fascinating to me. I wish that actually, maybe what Luke is saying is that all kids should have that experience. Right? That you're, he isn't exceptional. Sorry. <laughs> the only thing that's exceptional is that he have opportunities. Right? Yeah. So I think maybe maybe all kids thinking themselves. Not, I hate to use the word brand because I think people have such negative connotations to this, but I have to be honest with you. I think it's nice that Liv views herself in that way because then she can, she's very, she's much more um, vigilant about the kinds of posts that she makes. And I think, I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah. I was going to say,
0: I think that is to me, that's, that's the bonus. Like if everybody thought of themselves as a brand, you would treat yeah. the internet differently, right? Like if we all thought that we all thought of ourselves as a, as a brand in itself, um, I think we would see a lot of changed behavior on the internet for sure.
1: And before you ask us another question, because I know you are Jeff, I just want to summarize what I heard Liv say is that she feels empowered through the use of these tools so that she can communicate with more confidence and authority. And like, to me, that is such We're always talking about how do we empower students and if this is a way that we can help students build confidence and feel empowered and feel like they have something, something to share and that they're a valuable member of our community, whether it's our face to face classroom community or a broader global community, that is totally worth it. Yeah, for
0: sure. for Sure. Um, I don't have any other questions, I think. It was just like, oh. I think, well, I think you you answered that one. Like, how does this empower student voice? And I think we've heard a lot from Liv about just the empowerment that she feels um, through this. My only the, the last thing that's kind of been rattling around in my brain is what advice would we give to parents um, as they start on this? Like, if, you know, I'm a parent of a fourth or fifth grader and all of a sudden my, my child comes home, Liv comes home and says, Hey, mom, I want to... I I want to have a musically account and the parents like, well, I don't even know what musically is or what are even maybe Cynthia, this is even for you is like, what's that? Like, what advice would you give to parents on how to watch out for? Should they, do they have a musically account and follow their kid? Like, how would you, what would be your advice to parents who are maybe getting their kids in this or live? Maybe you advice for parents too. I
2: would say from my perspective is I want to teach them while they're young. (laughs) which is what my mom did to me. She taught me when I was eight.
3: Yeah.
2: Because if she, a lot of the time when parents, when they, the parents decide to give them social media accounts, they don't teach them how to be responsible. They don't teach them how to use this. They chuck them a phone when they're 13. They say, go off and do your own thing. Get social media accounts. Whatever they don't the, say that. But then, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I am taking that part of the video and I'm using that so many yes. times. You have no idea. Because <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Not in so many words, but exactly what happens.
2: Most of the time, when they're younger, they'll listen more and mm. they'll feel more open. Yes. They'll feel more open to listen to their loving parents. Oh. And to get taught how to be responsible and how to use it in a like a correct way. Because a lot of the time kids are copying off what celebrities post
3: mm.
2: in a really horrible way. Because also you want to be original and not always be like remaking all these different are you gonna use that too. <laughs>
3: Yeah. <laughs> you mm-hmm. of
0: Cynthia, how about how you? How I, I you would say.
3: Like... Oh, sorry. I would say that that um, this idea of vomitured accounts—sort of that word that goes around the monitored account—is um is really powerful for lots of reasons. I look this as like a study in literacy for live. Just mm-hmm. like I would teach her how to read, I teach her how to be responsible online. To me, I see that as part of my responsibility. And I also look at this as a part of who she is as a literate person. So it's really important and powerful for me to be a part of that. And I call it guided practice, just like I would if I were in a classroom with students with a bunch of books during reader's workshop. Um, This is just an extension of like who she is as a literate being. So to me, the advice I would give to parents is not to be afraid. You have to, um, it's not empowering to kids when we make them fearful of everything in the world that there are so many more good people online than bad, mm. and so many amazing educational opportunities that your child can have from being online. So I would say that that would be my biggest piece of advice, is not to be afraid. Give um, them a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I Very want to just cool. quickly also just say one thing. This weekend at Thanksgiving, a family member asked Liv, why don't you ever like any of my stuff on Instagram? And okay, it was an interesting question because... The account is of a 20-year-old, and um, the things that she posts, Live came to me afterwards, and she said, just so you know, there are inappropriate things on her account. I don't <laughs> like the things on her account. So it was a really powerful moment for me. I was like, oh, my goodness, she knows better than this 20-year-old who's sitting at the Thanksgiving Ooh. dinner with yeah. us. And it made me sad that this 20-year-old is her story, if you read her Instagram, is one that I wouldn't want my daughter to have. Mm-hmm. So to me, your post... And that I wouldn't want me to
2: have, right. because then that would kind of ruin movements. Right.
3: So I feel like that's the thing we have to tell kids. Yeah. Your posts are a story. Your posts are a mirror to the world. What your story post- are you telling?
2: And if people see you as that kind of person that posts inappropriate pictures, and they see you in person... They're going to think that you're the kind of person that posts inappropriate pictures. Yes. And yeah. no one will like you.
0: Yeah. And that, again, I think that goes back mm-hmm. to, I think, you know, like you were saying, like we shy away from this idea of branding ourselves, but if everybody thought of themselves as a brand, how much different would you actually be? If you were like, this is my, which I, I totally believe we all should. Like if, if you are putting out a resume to get a job, you are branding yourself in the form of a resume or a, you know, and that's just like the old traditional resume. That's not including yeah everything that we do today right is your brand so i like i love that that's great
3: um, also said at dinner she said I, I just joined linkedin and i wanted to say to her first you have to make your instagram private because it doesn't matter if you're on linkedin first thing an employer is going to look when you graduate no matter where you're graduating from so going to look at your social media accounts absolutely so please shut those down um so that people aren't seeing inappropriate things
1: yeah i really appreciate your point live that you that you talked about learning when you're young. And I think that is the hardest part is that idea that as a parent, you have to be involved in teaching your child how to be safe, responsible, respectful user in that space when they're young. And I think a lot of parents have a stress about that because they don't know how to use the tools. So like you both have mentioned two really critical points as we've gone through here is like start young Empower your children, but also let them lead you in using those tools so that even if you don't know how it works, as long as you're involved and you're looking at it as this is another piece of critical literacy and you're doing it when they're young enough to actually want to hear what you have to say and want to be having those conversations with you, then you can build those skills for the rest of their lives so that when they end up to be 20 years old, they have this brand that is the brand that you want and they want for themselves and not this kind of haphazard creation from being kind of left alone on social media, most of their development years.
0: Yeah.
3: I want to say too, I think that the experience of is having at 10, right? She began this at eight, but Um, Just in the two years' time, the things that she's learned have been so amazing. But I have to also say I have a five-year-old, and she's a kindergartner, and I think her experience is going to be very different. Mm -hmm. I just think that in the next few years, I don't think people are going to be... I think people are going to realize how powerful it is to be connected in the next few years. And I think Charlotte's experience will actually be very different from Liv's. So it's really powerful for me to think about that as a parent. Like, even just with a five-year age difference, how much... Difference that will be for them as connected learners, hmm. and so I see live as being a really powerful mentor to our little sister too. Cool, um, but I think we're going to have more experiences than live. <laughs> hey,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you all for this. Um, I, it's such a great conversation to have, and I know we're going to have many more. Live, I can't thank you enough. It's always so great to get a kid voice in here thank and. You straighten us uh, adults out every once in a while we definitely need it um when it, especially when it comes to topics like this so i appreciate everybody tonight thank you so much uh and we'll see you again at our next uh youtube live in i think on thursday chrissy aren't you thursday facebook yes. live? and what yes. topic are you talking about
1: i actually know it's kim who's oh, live Kim's on thursday. thursday
0: kim what are you talking about this thursday are you sure i don't oh, know oh, it's, it's all of us it's all, oh, it's us. all of us it's our <laughs> webinar. All right. We know we're doing the yeah. same thing on Thursday. You're going to want to sign up for the admin webinar. That's what it is. That's what it is. Yes, that is how busy our lives are. We're all online and we don't even know it. All right. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for a great time. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Time, right? Thank you, you all right.